Support for Industry Focus comes from Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, work with one that has your best interests in mind. Use Rocket Mortgage for a transparent, trustworthy home loan process that's completely online at quickenloans.com. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. I'm your host, Vincent Shen, and it's Tuesday, February 21st. Uh, though we pre-recorded this episode several weeks ago when Fool.com contributor Daniel Klein stopped by uh, Fool headquarters here to join me in studio, I want to touch briefly on breaking news that happens to come from our main topic for this episode, the fast food industry. Uh, this morning, Restaurant Brands International, parent company of Burger King and Tim Hortons, announced that it will be acquiring Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen for about $1.8 billion. So this is after several weeks of speculation regarding a deal between these two companies. Restaurant Brands has 20,000 restaurant locations within its portfolio, and Popeyes will be bringing its 2,600 restaurants into the fold. Both companies have very uh, similar business models in terms of the bulk of the restaurants being franchise locations, nearly 100% for Restaurant Brands, and about 97% uh, for Popeyes at last count. And at the buyout price of $79 per share, that's a 20% 20% premium to the February 10th closing price. So that was before media began reporting on rumors of a deal between the two companies. And overall, I think you can see the success and scale of uh, a fried chicken competitor like KFC in regions like China and abroad. And it's clear that Restaurant Brands International wants to take over a popular, well regarded chain like Popeyes and to leverage its extensive global reach to grow the brand further. So keep an eye out for additional analysis from the Motley Fool. As more details regarding this deal are released, uh, now we return to our previously recorded discussion of trends in the fast food industry. Hey, Dan. Happy to have you with us. Oh, happy to be here. A lot more fun than doing it over Skype. I agree. I agree. Um, So, in light of our main topic for today, um, which is major trends that we are watching in the fast food industry, can you tell me, Dan, what was the last major fast food chain you dined with? Uh, Chipotle. Chipotle, okay. I, I wanted to try the chorizo. Mm-hmm. And I've heard complaints. People say it's dry. I actually think it's it's really good. Like it's tasty. It's different. It's a nice change of pace. I think the market, and we'll talk about this a little bit with trends later on, is poised to hate anything Chipotle does. <laughs> so if they came out and said it's uh, four tacos for five dollars, and we give you a ten dollar bill when you finish, people would be like, "Ugh, it's costing." <laughs> like it just wouldn't work. Sure. So, so I think they're making the right moves, and I've been a customer steadily. But they're in a just sort of a lose lose situation right now. Sure, and every every time I go, uh, maybe a couple times a month, I'm still and I usually go for dinner because there's one really close to my place, and I'm always watching the lines because you know you think about pre uh, uh, food scandal or you know food safety scandal, the line was always out the door, uh, right around seven seven thirty. And now it's kind of it's gradually building back up, so it's a little promising, at least in that regard. I think it's one of the problems they have, and we're also going to talk about this later on the show. Is that if you go to Chipotle and there's three people in line in front of you, it could take 25 minutes, and that's <laughs> I, I think that's hurt them as much as the E. coli scandal. That and every time they make an announcement, that Chipotle is going to do something new. I expect them to say, "We're going to melt the cheese," because. It's more fun to bring Chipotle uh, home and throw it in the microwave for eight seconds, and then it's not cold. Mm-hmm. Their entire bottle is built around giving you a cold taco, and Fair you enough. want a hot taco. Okay, so um, main topic and for the fast food industry, uh, 
or at least our first topic that we will touch on, and this is with discounting and uh, some of the price wars. I know you've written about this <laughs> between think about the more traditional chains like McDonald's, Burger King, and how uh, people still approach that kind of restaurant with very much a value in mind, and how uh, the different companies are trying to capture that. So, what is the story here, and how do you think? Uh, you know, looking bigger picture, uh, looking out at least a few years, uh, do you think this will change? Do you think it's only going to get worse and margins are going to get tightened? It's it's going to get worse. It's a tightrope. So the the number we talked about this morning is McDonald's since 2012, when it dropped the dollar menu, has lost 10 percent of its U.S. traffic. It's made up for that in charging more. So the problem is, if your traffic keeps falling, you either have to keep raising prices or getting people to spend more, or eventually you're going to lose business. And the tightrope everybody's walking is how do we have attractive values that bring in customers that are shopping value, or bring in someone who's pretty sure that's what they're going to get, and they add a shake and who knows what else to their meal. Mm-hmm. And the way it's been working every place except McDonald's, uh, Wendy's, and Burger King, they're doing those four or five items for four or five dollar packages, sure. where you get the burger, the the fries, the the chicken nuggets, and the drink for four dollars. The problem is you're starting to see margin go down on those. Because to be fresh, well, now Wendy's offers a double cheeseburger in theirs, and somebody else offers bacon on their cheeseburger. So every item you add, every little bit of beef or whatever it is you add in cost, you go from four chicken nuggets to five, takes an already losing proposition and makes it even worse. And it goes back to, these were originally limited versions of value, of dollar menu. Mm -hmm. You couldn't buy one item and just spend $3 by picking and choosing. You have to buy the package. But it's a very, very tight line where you and I want to go to lunch. I want to be cheap. You're willing to get the extra stuff. And we pick Burger King because I could spend $4 and you end up buying three Whoppers or whatever it is you get at Burger sure. King. And it seems to, as well between these companies that there's, there's always this issue of one upsmanship with these packages. I think. You know, somebody started with a four for four dollars, then it was a five for four dollars, and before you know it, I think longer term, the way I view it is, these fast food restaurants generally occupy the lower rungs of the price ladder. That's why people tend to like them, is the value there. But these value-based offers like McPick Two or four for four dollars, they can sometimes bring in your traffic, but really think about they ultimately reinforce the expectation that the at the that these companies and their menus will be very cheap. The the bigger success in the fast food space has really been innovation. So if you're Burger King and you can do a tie-in and have the the Kit Kat burger or like you know where the the buns are both Kit Kats or whatever ridiculous trend you can come up with, that people will pay for. So as you go forward with this, the correct play is to do value sometimes. You you want to during slow times to incentivize people, maybe times they're out anyway, say, yeah, we have, you know, nuggets for a dollar forty nine, ten nuggets at Burger King for a dollar forty nine. When that becomes a permanent menu fixture, then people do. They look and they go, okay, where can I get the cheapest cheeseburger? And that's a very slippery slope that can end very badly, as it did for McDonald's for a lot of years. Yeah, I think uh, the innovation that you mentioned is really important too. Uh, so, coincidentally, McDonald's actually reported their fourth quarter and full year 2016 results earlier this week. And what really jumped out to me was for their U.S. business, obviously their largest. There's already a reversal or a, uh, I guess, loss of that momentum that they had from all-day breakfast. So, 
the third quarter, their comps were up 1.3%, second quarter up 1.8%, uh, and then the first quarter of 2016 up 5.4%. All, And that was, of course, because uh, the All Day Breakfast had launched relatively recently at that time. And you can see it's waning, and now for the most recent fourth quarter, they're down to, to an actual negative 1.3%. And so, you know, the comps are only going to get harder as they enter Q1 for 2017. And overall, I, I feel like there is a lack, maybe on the service side with kiosks and things like that. And we'll talk more about that. But in terms of the menu innovation, McDonald's has had very little success with that. Like the burger hasn't really changed for many so, years. McDonald's has taken a different strategy. Mm-hmm. Burger King is doing what in the world of professional wrestling they would call hot shotting, where you, you take something that's going to go big and bright and burn out. So Mac and Cheetos <laughs> is going to be the equivalent of having Mike Tyson at WrestleMania. It's exciting for a minute, but it has no legs. So Burger King and Taco Bell and KFC, they're in this position where they endlessly have to innovate. McDonald's should be innovating more, but they've taken a different strategy. What, what they've decided to do is, you know, they're going to try the, the three different sizes of Big Mac because they found that I think it's something like only 20% of millennials have tried a Big Mac. I'm yes. And so they're they're going to make a push on that product, but they're also taking the long range approach of how do we grow our coffee business? And they've been doing that with the $1 for any size coffee, $2 for a small specialty drink. So they're not looking at short-term innovations. They're looking at things like all-day breakfast. If we expand that and add the McGriddle to that menu, can that be a sustainable bump. And I think they they should be having some gimmick burgers and because they're McDonald's they can make a deal with anybody. But they are taking a smarter pr- approach because at some point Taco Bell or Burger King is going to have a quarter where whatever ridiculous tie-in <laughs> they try, the you know, the the Funyuns taco is not going to be popular or the the Burger King burger served on four Twinkies is not going to go over well, <laughs> and they're going to have you know a ten percent drop in sales because they just can't sustain the gimmick factor. Fair enough. Uh, so there's two companies, or at least one in particular, uh, that I would consider part of this space, uh, not a burger company at least, that I think has very much bucked this trend, and that's with Domino's and Papa John's. Domino's obviously being the one that has seen incredible success. Uh, any anybody who's bought into the stock. In the past three, four years, has been probably very, very pleased with the results. So, uh, Domino's annual revenue growth has been in the double digits or or darn close for three years running. Uh, their comps are similarly elevated over the big, other big players in the industry, their competitors. And uh, you know, we talk about innovation on the menu. This Domino's is an instance where they're really embracing technology and. Uh, they're really embracing it like nobody else has before. I think they have like something like 14, 15 or more ways now of ordering a pizza from the company. From a practical point of view, I'd say them and Starbucks are really right in the same realm. Sure. But what Domino's has done is they've taken a good enough product. I mean, you and I eat pizza. No one is sitting around going, you know what my favorite pizza is? Domino's. <laughs> but at 11 at night, they're going, what pizza can I get that I only have to text an emoji to? <laughs> sure. to? Now, not that a lot of people are using gimmick ordering, but what they are using is Domino's has a very innovative app. It, sure. It, it, it's very simple to order. You can program a recurring order very easily, mm-hmm. and the pizza tracker lets you see when your pizza is getting made, when it's getting delivered. So they have a lower end of the market product. Every town has three pizza places that offer better pizza than Domino's or Papa John's. But what those two companies, Domino's more than Papa John's, but Papa John's catching up, have done is make it super convenient. And we talked about this this morning. Pizza lends itself very well to this. 
you can't get there are markets where you can get McDonald's delivery, but if you live five minutes away from a McDonald's, the fries aren't going to be as good when sure. they get there. Cold pizza is fine. Throwing a piece of pizza in the microwave or the toaster oven is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. So the product they're selling, and Domino's and Papa John's are both kind of a doughy pizza. It travels well, so they've made it very a very very strong package. It's not about the pizza being the best. It's not about it being the cheapest, though they they do a lot of pricing deals. It really is about. Hey, I'm a little drunk, and it's really easy to get a Domino's pizza. Or there's, or there's 50, you know, college kids sitting around studying. Let's just order a mess of pizzas and calling the local place. You know, maybe you have to make a phone call. It's going to take 45 minutes. Maybe you have to go pick it up. D- Domino's makes it very, very simple, and that's worked very well. Sure, and I, I will add that uh, I was I was surprised to find that uh, Domino's their market share for pizza delivery it's significant at twenty percent, but that still leaves them a pretty decent amount of room to grow. I think they've managed to grab share, especially with their growth in uh, with their growth in recent years. They've been growing, and I don't remember the exact number, but it's five years. It's mm-hmm. it's U.S. year over year growth, and globally it's like three years. So they have a model. That you can pretty much extend, and what happens is, in a lot of cases, they open a new store, and it's just taking off pressure from an existing store. So they already have a store that's like pushing 110 percent capacity. They open a new one, and it just grows that business and rolls it into being able to get you pizza faster. Yeah, and there's been estimates. I I believe uh, the company sees. Just in just in U.S., the potential for as many as six thousand locations. I think it was so massive, massive network of stores. But before we move on to the next topic, uh, one place that Domino's is facing issues, and this goes back to our uh, earlier discussion, is ultimately like the burger chains in the fast food industry, they they are still facing an issue of lacking the flexibility to raise prices. Um, and this obviously comes from competition of the first company we kind of talked about earlier in the show with Chipotle. When you have these some of these fast casual names, Better Burgers, uh, you have uh, like an Ant Pizza, which I'm a huge fan of here in DC. Uh, the Essentially, those competitors have managed to narrow the gap between what you're paying for just a little bit more, but for a pretty decent jump in quality. I mean, fast casual pizza. We have like four chains near me that are Blaze Pizza and a few local ones sure. that do that sort of make your own Chipotle concept. And the pizza is all very good, and it's full priced. Even the ones that deliver, it's very expensive compared to Domino's. But Domino's and Papa John's do something very subtle in the pricing that you may not think about. So the pizza. Is cheap. You can always get $7.99, two mediums at, at Domino's. There's always deals on that. But there's never a deal on the salad. There's never a deal <laughs> on the, the 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 wacky bread or whatever it is they, they call their their you know bread products that they sell you. The dessert products might be a throw-in, but the soda isn't. So there's a lot of ancillary items that build up that check. And as much as they're they're heavily discounted, and you're right, there's a ceiling. If Domino's gets to twelve ninety nine a pizza, you might go, I'm gonna go to a better pizza yeah. place. But because you're spending so little, it's really easy to throw in that, you know, Papa John's pizza cookie. Mm-hmm. You know, and and pump your check up. So it's a sort of smart strategy. Plus, you're not going to necessarily order McDonald's or Chipotle for seventy five friends, but if you're having a Super Bowl party, Domino's is still pretty convenient, and you know they're making it up in volume. Sure, and fundamentally, it's it's the same idea as uh, what a McPick two. It hopefully ho- what they hope to do with that is bring you in on that value, two pizzas for eight bucks, but then 
with the other everything else on the menu. Um, you get with a better co- margins. You get a coffee. You get a shake. Exactly. You buy a grimace costume. Like it could really be anything. Sure. Okay. So before we move on, I want to thank Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans for supporting Industry Focus. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust and who has your best interests in mind. That is where Rocket Mortgage comes in, providing you with a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in minutes, all without wasting time searching through stacks of old paperwork. You can adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank, skip the waiting, and go completely online at quickenloans.com. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org number 3030. Thanks again to Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans for supporting the show. So, for our uh, final topic of the day, and still very uh, getting more high tech, I guess, is the idea, uh, and this was something that I think we had some pretty fun discussions about in the past, the idea of fast food workers uh, ultimately going away. Um, I think you can't deny that. Uh, calls for our higher wages, for example, higher minimum wages are something you see quite often in headlines, and even here in uh, in the D.C. region, uh, the city recently passed or approved a $15 minimum wage that would gradually uh, reach that level by 2020 in the city. And with, from what I could find, for the industry at a McDonald's, labor costs very significant piece of their cost structure, usually around 20 to 25 percent for these chains. What do you think? Is this? How do you think this is going to mold things? There's as- going gonna to be two phases of this. Sure. So the current phase we're in now is Starbucks, Panera, Dunkin' Donuts that are using technology. Not to take employees out of stores, but to make stores more efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chipotle is starting to do that. The Chipotle uh, order app, where you can mobile order and pay, they're running separate lines. So the line you see at the front of the Chipotle, where the person makes your food, in the back, there's another one of those. So they're not necessarily firing employees or, or using less people in stores. They're putting more people into production. That's what Starbucks is doing. So instead of somebody having to take take your order in the line, they're making your drink. So people go through faster, the store serves more people. That's phase one. Phase two is you're going to start see the McDonald's of the world, actually, that that have big kitchens and don't need extra production help. They're going to start putting ordering in kiosks, and that is going to take their headcount down. They're doing that all across Europe and Canada. So whereas there might be four or six cashiers, there might be 12 kiosks with one or two employees who are helping you through that, Mm -hmm. and maybe there's an extra customer service person sort of facilitating the process, and then eventually you're going to start to see at the wealthier fast food chains, maybe fries at McDonald's won't be made by a human being. You know, Maybe your Big Mac still will be because it's customizable and there's a lot to go into it, but you're going to see less labor. I don't see any way around that. Sure. Uh, And I think it's... You bring up a really good point in that uh, it's very. It'll be very much a gradual transition. Uh, some of the examples you brought up, you know, McDonald's with some of the uh, self-ordering kiosks, obviously very popular. Uh, the Panera Bread that we have across the street uh, from Fool HQ here, also similar situation. I think there's like five or six tablets ready to go, and it, you know, helps and, them turn down the staff. A and bit. this has been happening for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I'm a slight bit older than you. And when I was a kid, and you went to McDonald's and you ordered a Coke. Someone poured a Coke. 
Now, most McDonald's have Coca-Cola freestyle machines, where not only do I have an enormous amount of choice, I can get you know, diet vanilla root beer and mix it with Fanta <laughs> Orange if I want to, that all the person at the counter has to do is hand me a cup. So this labor has been coming out of the fast food process in little ways for a long time. And you will start to see service being a premium, meaning Starbucks's willingness to have a person make your drink exactly the way you want it whereas Panera Bread just hands you a coffee cup, that's going to be a differentiator for some of these brands. So you may see fast casual concepts double down on people and actually charge more for the experience of getting you know, your pizza not made by a robot pizza machine. Sure. Uh, looking even, I guess, a little bit further ahead, uh, you know, obviously we have some pretty big names in Silicon Valley working to develop better AI, better automation. Uh, Obviously, it seems like a very natural next step for that technology to be integrated more and more into this industry, as we've discussed here. And I, I guess I want to talk a little bit about some examples of some of the more, I guess, high-tech stuff. Still very much in the testing stages. Um, but one I found that, uh, for a company we spoke of uh, just a few minutes ago with Domino's, that kind of made me chuckle, is they have their DRU, the Domino's Robotic Unit, which is this... Uh, uh, essentially, this automated vehicle, uh, but not a full-size car. Uh, it has the capacity to hold, I think, as many as ten pizzas in a heated compartment. It can handle deliveries within a twenty-mile radius on a single charge, and you know they're already testing stuff like this. And I think it's in, uh, limited to New Zealand and Australia right now. They've also handled some issues with uh, theft, with security cameras, a locked compartment, but it is. To me, a glimpse of the possibilities, right? I thought you were going five years after that in the future, where pizza robots are our overlords. <laughs> but no, so Domino's has been very good about what I'll call the concept car concept. When you go to an auto show and Ford is showing, you know, an amphibious car that can fly and make you a latte, some of this Domino's technology, like even as goofy as when they were delivering pizzas via reindeer. <laughs> it's just to get attention, but aspects of it are going to come out. Sure, you know, you you, I don't see a world in the near future where autonomous pizza delivery cars are going to make a lot of sense in most markets, but automating more of that process. There's no reason a man needs to take the glob of dough and put it into the pizza thing. That can absolutely be a a machine that does that. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see more and more of that. And that'll make the process more efficient. And yeah, maybe in Manhattan, there's going to be drones and robots and in very dense populated places. You'll sure. see that. But I think a lot of that now is attention getting gimmicks. You know, mm-hmm. Domino's does not really intend to, it's not cost effective to have a drone deliver me, a, you know, a small Coke and a medium pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, last point here. Uh, so, uh, you mentioned the on the service side having that human element kind of being a differentiator um, and how uh, the next step it seems like you know right now they the ordering process getting automated but with the food prep it's still a challenge uh, I do want to bring up one example that kind of shows that we are there and it's just a matter of reaching that mass scale it's a company I found called momentum machines I think based on the West Coast and they garnered some buzz last year in advance of uh, opening a restaurant uh, with a robot that could flip 400 burgers an hour cut your vegetables, and do quite a bit of that process in terms of the burger prep. So, it really seems like it's so many things right now are in the concept stage, and you'll get all these elements of it kind of the way you've described, but uh, 
for these trends that we've talked about today in terms of the competition, uh, some of the, 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 the discounting issues that the industry faces, but also on the flip side, how they're trying to tackle uh, increasing costs and things like that. It, it, it's really funny how all this is coming it's together. It's a question of cost. So, if you look at how McDonald's makes a McCafe beverage versus how Starbucks does it versus how a local place does it, Starbucks is a little automated. McDonald's is basically push button. There's no barista. It's mm-hmm. the same guy that makes your fries, makes your your latte or your espresso or, or whatever it is. But there's very few restaurant chains that can get to this quickly. So if you're a McDonald's franchisee and McDonald's comes to you and says, "Good news, you can eliminate 50% of your staff." Bad news, there's a four million dollar investment to put in the automated burger machine and all of the other technology. Sure. So this is going to be gradual. You're you're going to see, like I said before, maybe McDonald's, one of the the more successful franchise models, might say to its franchisees, "In 2018, you are going to automate making French fries and chicken McNuggets, and that's a two hundred thousand dollar machine or whatever the number is." That's not going to fly at Wendy's or Arby's or any of the the less successful or you know a, a Subway, which you know the average franchise owner is making a nice salary, or if they're paying a manager is making forty, fifty thousand in profit. I mean, I'm sure some make more. They're not going to be able to invest. So this is going to happen, and I'm sure you're going to see some startup money where it's a pizza place that there's no human. You put your money in, and a boop boop a robot makes you a pizza. But it's not like three years from now you're going to go to the mall food court. And there won't be people there. Yeah, definitely looking farther out for sure. Uh, anything else uh, that you like to end on in terms of maybe other trends that you're watching, uh, things that aren't as prominent now but might be coming up, uh, you know, down the line? Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of shakeout. Um, you know, we talked about fast casual pizza, and I've written about fast casual burgers. There are going to be winners and losers mm-hmm. in, in these spaces. There, there is absolutely room for a Chipotle of pizza and a Chipotle of burgers and probably a number two and maybe even a number three company, but there's not room for 17. Mm-hmm. And just like we've seen some of the wannabe Chipotle knockoffs you know, suffer, some of these companies are going to go away or they're going to consolidate. And you know, you're also seeing in the step above that in your Chili's and your Ruby Tuesdays, they they're struggling to find a business model. So I think you're going to see a lot of restaurant closures in the next year. I mean, you saw a lot last year. You know, thousands and whole chains going out of business. I think that's going to continue and maybe get worse. All right. Well, uh, it was great having you on, Dan. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, some of the continuous changes that I'm sure will come through for the industry. We're gonna have to do some field testing on this one. (laughs) All right. That wraps up uh, the show for today. But you can reach out to us and the rest of the IF crew via Twitter at MF Industry Focus. And you can also send us questions via email to industryfocus at pool.com. People in the program may own companies discussed in the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear during the program. Thanks for listening and for more.